I hate weeks when nothing happens. This is Corey, and this is the Other Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob, and I'm in quarantine. <laughs> this is episode <laughs> yes, 344 <you> <laughs> of the Other the Podcast, coming to you from the city of Los Angeles. Uh, luckily, because I wasn't in Los Angeles a few hours ago, uh, <laughs> from all over the place. But Corey is still in the hashtag OTA LA studios. Hi, both the one time freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way of doing it. Anchor.fm forward slash. Oh, the anthem uh, direct links to all the places where you find podcasts. And, and Roberto has screwed up all all of my uh, OBS scenes. So I am super not happy about that. <laughs> Either he needs to come back or. Uh, he's going to be fired for good. We're looking for a producer. If you can be here before Roberto, you're up. Well, uh, I will say that we had producer Carly for a while. We did. Yeah. We, uh, we had producer Roberto. Uh, mm-hmm. I have, I have a young upstart who's thinking about getting into the producing game too. And I was wondering if I can introduce him right now. Absolutely. Let's see. For those oh, of you watching goodness. the video. So this if you is, listen to the is, podcast, usually you're going to want to go over to YouTube because there is an insanely cute dog that is about the size of Corey's face yeah. on the screen right now. This is Brooks. Hi, Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooks is a, uh, what, an eight week old Shih Tzu? Indeed, he is an insanely mm. cute. And, uh, you know, I, I know everyone thinks that their dogs are the smartest dogs. I mean, some people think their dogs are really dumb, but. Uh, most uh, dog owners will be like, "Oh, my dog's so smart. He's already peeing on pads. He's pooping on pads. We're we're already uh, we're already doing pretty well over here." So, la dee da. No crying uh, so, or barking <clears throat> or anything like that. It's been a really chill day. The first day with the dog. Well, let me make your day unchill because I'm gonna have to call you out on this. Okay. Uh, I noticed that someone from your past had a life changing event this weekend. Yeah. If you will, mm-hmm. does that have anything to do with getting a dog? No, it had everything to do with the fact that the dog that we got was in Anaheim, California, <laughs> as opposed to like up near Oregon. So, like all the times where I've been, in, uh, the uh, possibility of a dog has been brought up to me before. It's always mm-hmm, been like, mm-hmm. "Hey, should we look at this dog that's outside of San Francisco?" And I'm just like, "How are we going to go up and see the dog and get everything squared away?" and like that's multiple drives up to San Francisco in the hopes of getting one of these dogs that maybe will be good. So okay. having a closer <laughs> closer dog was uh part of the calculus here. I noted that the dog has a last name. Yeah. Mm, what's the last name of the dog? Baker. Mm, okay. So so dog's got your last name. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like that someone in your life might have been looking for their own life change event that they could post about on Facebook. And you said, hell no. Uh, And then they were like, well, hey, let's, you know, have a smaller thing that can have your last name as a life changing event. And you were like, dog, absolutely. Not the other one. Not going to do that. Okay, cool. So you went with the cheapest option, which listen, smart, 100% (laughs) smart. Not as cheap as you would hope. And I would say taking on a super big expense like a Shih Tzu, which has historically lots of health issues, puppy, which is brand new and going to have a lot of things like pads and food during a pandemic. Uh, just top notch. Well, seeing as I can't go anywhere or do anything like this dog is making up for the fact that I haven't been to Vegas like nine times this year so far. So like, 
<laughs> we okay. So I took my Vegas budget. I put it in a dog budget. Now we got a dog. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, let's also talk about the other uh, elephant in the room, which is that we are back in quarantine, uh, and that is because. Excuse me. Uh, I went to go see my own uh, uh, cute little bundle of joy. What's that? I said COVID. You were coughing there. Oh, so, no, I burped. I just didn't <laughs> okay. want to burp directly into the mic. Uh, uh, I also am just funneling caffeine into my system because I sat on a plane on a tarmac for seven hours and did not remove my mask because I refused to remove my mask on the plane. So we got on the plane at 2.45. We disembarked one hour later when they realized we can't fix the problem with the plane, which, you know what, honestly, at that point, I was just like, eh, let's take our chances. Yeah, let's push it down on the runway, see what happens. Um, but we disembarked and then they found another plane and then we got on that plane and then they pushed back from the gate. And then the guy was like, "Ooh, clock ran out. We had to be off the ground by now. And since we have to sit in line, we've timed out and uh, our union doesn't allow us to go beyond or whatever. And I'm like, I am so pro-union, but... <laughs> Except in moments okay. like this. Yeah, so then we went back to the gate. Another plane landed, and the guy who just went Seattle to Philadelphia then ran across the airport, or was carted across the airport, I assume, and then jumped on our flight to fly Philadelphia to L.A. So, you know. Uh, and he just was just rubbing like, his nose, going like, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, he's like, he came on the thing, and he was like, we're going to take off as soon as possible. I do want to do a walk around the plane. I know the other pilots did it, but you know, we all have our ways of doing it. Also, I need to look at the route because I'm not sure where we're going. Los Angeles? Okay, we're going to Los Angeles. And I was like, you know what? Just push it down the airport. Let's just see what happens. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so I uh, made a surprise and secret surprise to like, I guess Mac, but that was it. Uh, yeah. But otherwise secret trip to uh, Maryland where I... Got a COVID test on Tuesday. Everything was good. Got on the plane um, on Thursday night. Landed on Friday. And I was there Friday, Saturday. And he's with his dad for um, his birthday. So we did his birthday this weekend instead of next weekend, which is his real birthday. Which apparently is the 14th, not the 13th. Because I'm a terrible uncle and I don't know his birthday. Um, the problem is there's too many teens in it. It's like, oh, my birthday is 11, 14, 17. And I'm like... Bro, that is too many teens. I'm never going to remember that. They're all right together there. Like, my birthday is 11084. Easy to remember. 0110. And then the year George Orwell thought the world was going to end. Turns out it's 2020. But, um, yeah, so uh, we had his little birthday party, and he's adorable. And here's the two things I've learned about Maxon uh, over the last few days. One, I was an adorable but annoying kid. Because yeah. basically my mom is just like, yeah, how you liking that? Yeah, we had that every day, every day for years. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I see you. I see you getting frustrated because he doesn't want to do it your way. And, you know, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And I, but he wants to play the game by his rules. Yeah, that was us. That was us every day. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You're, the other it thing I could like, say. It sounds like your mom was chambering that for a kid. And she thought it might have been you. And instead, <laughs> instead it was Sarah. So. Apparently Sarah went and just cloned me and then uh, it came out with uh, her face and uh, the rest of it's just me. Um, he's in class with like, like also I have seven year olds on my flight and I just want to turn around and scream at him. Like my three year old nephew is better. 
better behaved. He's so much calm. Yeah, he's just better behaved. He's much more calm and just like chill. But also, um, I also know he's a cheek because he has problems dealing with his emotions. And when I was leaving and uh, the night before, he just like had a meltdown in the car because he thought it was going to be the last time he saw me. My sister was like, no, we're coming back tomorrow morning. And he was like, oh, OK. And he's like, totally fine. Right. So he's like, I'm going to be fine. And then today we were saying goodbye and he wouldn't wouldn't take a picture. And then he was like, I was like, I have to go. And he was like, no hug. And he just like ran back in the house. And I'm like, cheek. That is all. <laughs> I can't deal with emotions and we're not good at any of this stuff. So, um, but yeah, uh, he's adorable. And uh, I don't want kids anymore uh, at all. You've decided. I, I'm, I'm satisfied. Uh, I had a little conversation with him where he asked me like, where are your kids? And I was like, I don't have kids. And he's like, you should have kids. And I was like, well, but if I have Has kids, mom been I don't talking have to you. <laughs> Nana been talking to you. Tell her to shut her fucking mouth. Um, but uh, just kidding, mom, if you're watching. Uh, but basically, he, I was like, well, if I ha- if I have kids, I don't have money to send my nephew cool gifts because I send him stuff like I don't know, five or six times a month. He basically any package that comes to the house that my sister where my sister lives with, with her roommate, uh, he basically just like claims it. He's like, no, mine. And like you have your name's not on it. It's you don't know it's yours. He's like, no, mine. My uncle Robert sends me stuff all the time. So it has to be for me. Um, and I was like, yeah, so I'm not going to be able to have money. If I have kids, I have my money to send you stuff. And he was like, you don't need kids. It's you. No, it's fine. And I, <laughs> he's like, it's settled. <laughs> I like how he's looking at you going like, you know, maybe it's for the best. If you don't, <laughs> you know, um, and here's the thing. Uh, I have, uh, I've met the biological need to, uh, procreate. And the only thing that's missing from that is like watching that little piece of you grow up outside of you. Yeah. And I get to do that. Only I also get to, to play video games until three o'clock in the morning and then wake up at noon. So <laughs> the life. Enjoy, Sarah. <laughs> enjoy, Sarah. <laughs> you get to deal with a little asshole that's just like me uh, for the rest of your life. And I get to do the fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the worst part of if you had a kid would be the the moment where the kid says something back to you like every once in a while Rob does this to me where like I'll, I'll be talking to him about some political argument or something like that and then he'll say something in a way that I've never heard it said before and then I'll have to think for a second and I'm just like god damn it <laughs> Rob's right <laughs> like I had I had the whole argument figured out and then I didn't think about this one little thing and Rob figured it out and at some point yeah. some kid is gonna like you know if you had like a little kid it would be like a seven-year-old version of you and it's just like well, why don't you just take two cars and you're just like, motherfucking kid has figured it out and I haven't. Like, this is awful. I hate this thing. No, uh, the, the worst part is mom's going to come downstairs. We're going to have our underwear on our head and be sitting naked otherwise eating ice cream at six o'clock in the morning. And she's going to be like, what the f-? kid makes a good argument. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this started out with cereal and baths and we ended up with underwear on heads and ice cream. I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. It, it's it, he's me. I can't. But um. Sarah also reminded me on this trip that uh, being that I am 36, about to be turned 37, we have now entered the danger zone, if you will, where kids might just start popping out the woodwork. So <laughs> I'm going to have to change all my social media because I don't want anybody to be able to find me. Um, <laughs> you're going to be able to, to find me at Daniel McAllister <laughs> all the all over. That, that Robert N. Cheek is coming back to haunt you. <laughs> gone. It's all gone. I'm not doing any of it. Daniel explains. Danny explains. That'll be the uh, the new podcast everybody can listen out for. Um, it's, it's all the kids looking for Daniel McAllister. 
Because that's because yeah. <laughs> a good degree of them will be coming from a hotel rooms booked to Daniel McAllister. That is also true. Uh, the only thing I know about my dad, uh, my mom said he was a real dick, and uh, his name is Daniel McAllister. That was on the on the receipt that my mom kept from eighteen years ago. <laughs> I looked. No, I, I looked that, all around for him deal. until I found I am Daniel McAllister on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you I start, got that minefield to mine. You start to, the account, you know, the first tweet is just some guy going like, Daddy? And you're like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like my most popular Vine ever, where it was just, uh, Robert! Bitch, I ain't my baby. That's <laughs> that's my policy on life. And you know what? Here's the thing. I, I wouldn't mind if some 18-year-old kid came and found me, as long as I was like, how old are you? 18? Like your birthday already passed? All right, statute of limitations. I ain't got to pay no child support. Come on here, boy. Let's go. <laughs> like, uh, I'm how legally not responsible anymore. <laughs> 16 and a half? Mm, I ain't your daddy for another year and a half. You come find me in 18 months, <laughs> then we can talk. I don't I don't play that. <laughs> lock this up in court for a long time. <laughs> and speaking of locking things up in court for a long time, apparently that is how you win elections in the United States in 2020. That's right. They call me transition man for a reason. Yeah, so uh, uh, don't know if anyone knew, but the presidential election happened this past week. Uh, and guess what? And by that, you mean the the seven day festival that we have every year to celebrate the election? I, I, I it should be illegal to watch that much CNN. I feel like I, at the end of it, I was I was a, a hollowed out potato with what was left of a brain there. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I, I listen, we we joke the, about. Mark Zuckerberg maybe being an android. I think John King is actually an android. Every time I turn on the TV, he's at the magic wall. It's like, let's go to John King at the magic wall. I'm like, this motherfucker's been up for 47 hours. What is he doing? It's not only that, but uh, Phil Mattingly is the other person who handles magic wall duty for CNN. With Cuomo. So it's yeah, one he's, he's got to do with Cuomo. It's one of the two of them for 24 hours. Like, <laughs> So it's like John, John King tags out and Phil Mattingly comes in. And then, and then Phil's got to deal, deal with like questions from Chris Cuomo going like, so uh, the electoral college, like, is this a liberal arts education or something like that? And then Phil's like, Chris, have you are you new to this or <laughs> your dad ran my, for my president? Favorite, you should know how this works. My favorite moment <laughs> of all the election coverage was uh, Phil Mattingly looking at Chris Cuomo with the like, oh, that. That's not rhetorical. Okay, I can answer that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that was so dumb. I assumed you were giving me a rhetorical question. Um, but yeah, uh, so what you're saying is we got to get at least half of the votes on the board. So that's it's 270, Chris. 270. Yeah. All right. So that's 50 percent plus one. It's like you've been doing election coverage. Man, come on. Count on your fingers and toes. <laughs> oh, but yes, but- it should be illegal to have to watch that much CNN. Uh, also. Everybody need to. Uh, I know I posted this on Instagram, but like everybody needed to chill because it didn't matter. I don't know why people were sitting around waiting for like it was like uh, the week after 9 11 when everyone just laid on the couch watching planes hit buildings over and over and over again and yeah. just couldn't get out of you know, their own way. It's uh, across the country. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's. I think the thing that was bothering me most about it was the. Uh, on Tuesday, the all the Trump votes coming in first filled me with a lot of dread, mm-hmm. and uh, like Rachel was looking at me, like, "Is Biden going to win this thing?" 
And then I'm just like, it's really early. Let's not let's not count our chickens or, you know, like, let's not get worried yet and stuff like that. They haven't counted the mail-in vote. Like, some of these states are going to count that mail-in vote last, and it's just all going to come in like a surge. Don't worry. But then I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm just like, Trump's up 600,000 in Pennsylvania. There's no fucking way. There's a, <laughs> that's like, a lot of votes. That's a lot of mail-in votes. And then it turns out there was a lot of mail-in votes, so thank God. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, uh, apparently, like, a third of the electorate may have voted uh, absentee and or mail-in. Yeah. And, so, uh, um, it, it makes sense to me. Like, I, I, I've always been of the mind that I wanted to vote on election day. I like, I like the romanticism of going to the polls. I like, you know, I, I like the act of voting. Like it's, it's fun for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and having that sort of taken away by COVID was something that I didn't want to do, but also at the same time, I didn't want to go to a place where a lot of people who might have COVID are voting. So (laughs) it's like the mail-in ballot's fine. I'll be fine with the mail-in ballot. Um, it's weird. It's weird to, uh, hear, you know, um, to hear someone speak of, you know, I just romanticize the choosing of the overlord who's going to dominate my life for the next four years. And not really that. I'm going to choose the people who choose the person who is my overlord for the next few months because the founders in their infinite wisdom wanted me to be one step separate from the actual vote. So well, it's, you know. it's not my doing. It's this elector's problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we're... Uh, just so you guys understand the, the news cycle, here is what's about to happen. So we're still counting votes. The military vote is actually allowed to be in later. So your vote had to be postmarked by a certain day. In Pennsylvania, for instance, it's uh, postmarked by election day, received at least 10 days up to election uh, after election day, which means we're not even done yet. Uh, yeah. They could receive more votes. But there is an exception to that rule. And is if you, your mail is postmarked on a military base that is not in the United States, then there is an exception to that that's basically like, if we haven't certified, we count your vote. So if you're in Guam and, you know, a bat flies in and drops it into the election headquarters in Pittsburgh, we're going to count that vote as long as it's been postmarked U.S. military uh, Guam. Right. So, and again, military votes have historically gone stronger to Trump. Um, maybe not so much in the future when he's the one shouting like none of these votes count and they're all <laughs> mail-in votes from uh, the military. I was thinking so. I was thinking about the suckers and losers and what's in it for them that might have cost him the military vote a little bit too. But who knows? I mean, also that, also that, <laughs> uh, that, that small uh, little thing, confusing the- Hunter Biden and Bo Biden and uh, you know the uh, the guy who served meritoriously in two different theaters of war uh, who got wrapped up in his father's campaign some reason because trump doesn't know the difference between the two kids and here's what i'd tell you i know 100 percent that other than ivanka he cannot tell any of his own kids apart that's what that tells me he's just like he's like uh my aunt who just would like lean down uh, out of her chair and just be like rod just sarah lee, lee, why do you kids come here <laughs> like that is that is uh trump at his house i'm not gonna bother ivanka with this but i'm just gonna keep shouting names till somebody shows up and then he knows Don Jr.'s name because it's his name too. That he won't forget that one. See, I Eric, don't know that. Eric, I, 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 I imagine think he he's forgetting think, all the time. I think he might think Baron is actually Don Jr. Because like he's the one who's like relatively attractive and isn't doing coke on national TV and you know all those things. So, um, but uh, as I saw somebody put it, uh, the long night is over, which isn't actually true. Uh, so what you're going to see in the next few days, uh, the final votes will come in. The likelihood that Biden is now taken over by whatever remains is probably low. 
Uh, yeah. I think he's got thousand vote margins most places. So, um, but then there'll be the lawsuits. Uh, Wisconsin is probably going to be a forced uh, recount. Michigan will probably be a forced recount. Georgia will likely be a forced recount because their law allows for recounts if it's less than a certain percentage. Half a percent, uh, I think, are, in all those. Though I yes, think I think uh, Michigan's isn't within the automatic recount territory because I think their margin is a lot smaller. Uh, theirs might be like a quarter of a percent, percent or something like that. And I think the Trump campaign was talking about asking for a recount in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. At least if, well, if that's, that's what, you know, like the, the, the other problem is that, you know, the Trump campaign throughout this whole thing has been throwing out, we're going to sue here, we're going to do this. And then you got to wait and find out whether or not they actually do any of these things because to order a recount in Michigan as opposed to an automatic recount in uh Georgia or Wisconsin or something like that is a lot of money. So the state will Mm -hmm. will cover it if it's an automatic recount. But if you're just asking for one, then it costs a lot more. And then I I honestly don't remember there ever being a recount in this country where more than like a hundred or something votes like changed. Like it's other than Florida in 2000. Yeah, I mean, and that was a different issue. That was the hanging Chad problem of like, do you count these or not? So right, and or the uh, uh, butterfly ballot was the other one in Florida that year. Yeah, that like caused a lot of confusion as to like what voter intent was and stuff like that. But I mean, like all the all the Trump lawsuits that I've heard so far are for such a small amount of ballots that it doesn't really seem to. So like, what happens if you win? Like, so the the lawsuit that he's talking about bringing up in Georgia is over 56 ballots that may or may not have come in a couple minutes after 8 o'clock or whatever, whenever the the uh, deadline was in, in uh, Georgia. And so the, the argument is we're going to spend a lot of money and time fighting this in court to maybe just invalidate 56 ballots. Like, that's not the, that's not the margin. No. So the Georgia aside... The hope is that you get Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania to agree with you at some point. Then you use that as precedent to go to another state and say, so here's the line that's been drawn in your um, appellate district. Now, you are a state judge and you don't have to follow that. But if you're looking for an excuse, I gave you one because we won over here on this. And I mean, that's the problem is that like it's looking you're shopping for forum to find something. Now, the good news is. That there are uh, the capital of Michigan is Lansing. Yep. So I think that there are four other Lansings. There's like a Lansing, Illinois. There's a Lansing, New Hampshire, Lansing, Michigan. So the likelihood that they actually appear, that the the Trump team actually goes to the correct Lansing is kind (laughs) of low uh, based on historical uh, data. Uh, And that, of course, is that Trump said he wanted to have an announcement at the Four Seasons, and they did book the Four Seasons landscaping in <laughs> east philadelphia not the four seasons hotel this is this is literally my favorite thing that i think <laughs> has ever come out of this election uh, and it's not just that it's there's two different four seasons and one is a very well-known fancy hotel and the other is a landscaping service but it's the fact that that mistake was made by a presidential campaign who is trying to argue that the other side is like so corrupt and like breaking all the rules and they don't know how to, Oh, that's right. It's midnight now. All my lights just changed. Oh, the lights just went <laughs> off. Ooh. Uh, the mood lighting over there. What's going on? In case you were wondering, it's midnight on the Pacific, on Pacific time. 
So, I mean, as part of this, I'm sure that uh, if you call Four Seasons Landscaping, when they answer the phone, I'm sure they just say, Four Seasons. And if you call uh, the Four Seasons Hotel, by the way, because I know whoever made this uh, hasn't ever called the Four Seasons, they actually say something like, thank you for calling the Four Seasons by Marriott, a JW Marriott Hotel. This is Clarice. How can I help you? And they were like, Four Seasons. Hello, Clarice. (laughs) Four seasons. We'd like to book you for a press conference. What? <laughs> Don't you guys do press conferences? I mean, yeah, we got space for it. I, I guess mean, we if could, you want to do, do it, it if you want. <laughs> we got fifteen thousand. Is that going to cover it? Yeah, that'll def- that'll cover it for sure. <laughs> we can do it. What's the address again? <laughs> that doesn't sound like it's downtown. Well, so, we're downtown adjacent. So oh. here, here's the greatness of the timeline. Here, Trump tweets press conference eleven a.m. Four seasons, Philadelphia. And then uh, the Four Seasons <laughs> tweets, uh, there is no press conference scheduled for the Four Seasons today. Uh, nobody nobody from the Trump campaign has talked to us, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then Trump deletes the original tweet and then tweets out, uh, a press conference, 1130, Four Seasons Landscaping Company or whatever it is. <laughs> it's like. Conveniently how- located between the adult bookstore and the crematorium in East Philadelphia. What a fucking shit show. Like, I because think about it like this. Like, if you say you, you were going to court for something, right? Like, you, you mm-hmm. were you were wrongly accused for killing your wife, and it was really the one-armed man who did it, right? Mm-hmm. And you needed mm-hmm. to hire a lawyer. And you look around, and you can't get any of the top lawyers, so you have to settle for Rudy Giuliani. Or someone of his ilk, right? Wait, is he the guy with his hand in his pants in that video? <laughs> in the Borat, yes. <laughs> no, uh, okay. So you have to hire a Rudy Giuliani-like lawyer, right? And then you're showing up for court. You're like in your suit. You're ready for the whole thing to start. You're looking around for your lawyer. And then he comes in. And he's just like, you know, like, oh, sorry I'm late. I got pulled over for a DUI, but it's all right. I bribed the cop. And you got to like look at him and you're just like, should you be my legal counsel at this moment? If this is if this is how badly you fuck up on the way to help me, is this something that I want to examine? There further? was there's a meme thing that I loved when I was practicing law, and it's like it's still good. It just doesn't. Uh, I don't see these on the daily anymore. But it was like you're going to jail if, and it was like pictures of lawyers where like one guy was wearing house shoes to court, and they're like, if your lawyer shows up with these, you going to jail. Uh, so you should just <laughs> cut a deal. And uh, one of them, the lawyer came in and he was wearing a, uh, a Tommy Bahama shirt. And then he borrowed somebody's jacket to put on over it and pushed his very long hair out of his face with sunglasses. And they're like, if your lawyer looks like this, you're going to jail. So you need to cut a deal. <laughs> I just I, I can't even. And the the other thing is that, like, uh, Trump, in part of the preparing for possibly having to have a legal fight upcoming in this election, looked at Jared and was just like, we have the legal team all squared away, right? And Jared's like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> no we problem. got it. We got it. And then he turns around and it's Pam Bondi and Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and like, like, all right, who's still bar approved here? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? I would imagine right. that when Trump was like, get me the finest set of election lawyers you can find. Like, you're thinking that he's going to put together like an OJ style dream team or something like that. Like, not, not Giuliani and Pam Bondi. What are the odds that Jared put together a really... 
really great team. And then they went to meet Trump and Trump's like, I don't know any of these guys. Who are these guys? And like, this is literally the primo election law team in the country. And he's like, nah, nah, we got to get Rudy in here. Is Rudy still in the building? Pam, is Pam here? Can we add these? And then all the other lawyers were like, nah, fuck this. And they left. (laughs) And it's just, just Rudy and Pam now. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but obviously, uh, the point of this being Trump is fighting the results of the election for on grounds that, as a former attorney, do not make sense to me. As a political scientist, uh, I have the degree. Um, it, they don't make sense to me. As a, a, a scholar, if you will, of politics, they don't make sense to me. I, have you heard anything that other than the automatic recounts, which the states are like, yeah, we got to redo the vote. Uh, we got to count them again. And by the way, how upset is Nevada going to be when they finish in six weeks and then they got to redo that same vote <laughs> next day? Poor people. Uh, uh, we'll have it by the next election. Don't worry. Um, but by the way, the, anything? the memes the memes last week of making fun of Nevada were chef's kiss. Just beautiful. I loved it. I was I was enjoying every single one of them. And and I think I told you on a near election day, my theory is that the state uh, secretary of state there was like, all right, we have a chance to be a kingmaker here. We can make every president come to Nevada. So we need to time this out exactly right. OK, how, how far are we? 86. All right. We're right on track. Oh, Pennsylvania's caught it. Well, shit. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Uh, just whenever you're ready. Give me those ballots. Because it felt like they were trying to build it up to be like, Arizona's going to call, and he needs six. He's got to get six to get to 270, and guess who's got six, baby? It, it's right a, here. What's amazing to me about the whole thing is that like, uh, it would be the same way if the election ever came down to California. Like It was oh, yeah. like all the states were decided except for California because, I don't know, some Republican from California was running for president. Nixon came back or something like that. Or Reagan. He didn't even support him in California. <laughs> well, yeah. Reagan, no, maybe. Saying. Maybe Reagan. <laughs> maybe Reagan gets a bunch of people who go like, I'm going to vote for somebody who came back from the dead. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, If it ever came down to California, people would be just as upset with us as they are with Nevada because we have the same sort of rule where it takes like eight and a half weeks to count all the, the vote. Well, I mean, eight and a half weeks is being, is being uh, easy. I think somebody sat down and ballot and was like, all right. 2016 is officially counted. We're ready. What's uh, when's the next election? Tomorrow? Fuck. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> there are like eight million uncounted ballots right now in California. It's just like uh, so. It's, if Trump takes all of these, he will still not win the state. We can call it. It's fine. It, it's not even that. It was the I, I checked results today for a local race in L.A. County, and. I, you know, like it did the update, like updated today at three o'clock and I looked at it and it was, you know, 70 percent done. <laughs> I'm just like, By the guys, way, come uh, on, you're killing who's it. out, though. What? You know who's out? Who? Jackie Lacey. Oh, yeah, I know. Gascon beater. Out. Out. And at some point uh, we, we will get into some some smaller parts of this. We don't have to do this right now. But like the fact that Uber yeah. and Lyft basically bought a. <laughs> <laughs> bought a uh a, bought, mo- a measure a ballot measure is a uh... usually bought i say bribed because they basically put every time i opened up the app they were just like by the way we're not going to be available <laughs> well oh, it, the, yeah. the worst okay. part is that like so the reason that just real quick on that one just in case you don't know uh 
there, uh, Prop 22 was whether or not to allow Uber and Lyft drivers to be independent contractors. Because yes. the last election, there was ballot measure five, which meant that nobody could be independent contractors anymore. Or at least from no. a from a professional standpoint, you couldn't hire somebody as an independent contractor without giving them the rights to health insurance and everything else that comes yeah. with it. And it, it essentially made it uh, the same. So why why hire them as the IC? Yeah, but it, it literally has has laid waste to a lot of people in the independent like me who I, I don't work one job every week for the whole year. I work on 20 to 30 jobs a year under normal circumstances. And yeah. it's 20 to 30 different people that I'm working for. So that messes up with me and it messes up Uber drivers and Lyft drivers. So I can see the reason why they want to overturn that. But also Uber and Lyft was like big footing everything saying we're not going to run in California if you don't vote for our fucking bill. <laughs> so uh, it was it's kind of a, yeah, it's up to you whether or not you ever want to get an Uber again in California. And then I think that literally worked on a lot of people. So it was a much more difficult issue to explain to people. But basically Uber and Lyft just spent so much money and just got it passed. And I wish whoever ran their campaign did Jamie Harrison's too, because there was a lot of money spent on that one and he did not win. So no. And now, uh, but I do. And now Lindsey Graham's going on Hannity going like the vote is rigged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope the vote was rigged in the, South Carolina. The vote is rigged everywhere except for in South Carolina where I won big. <laughs> it is completely legitimate in South Carolina just so we can say that's so sure. But in every other, other states, <laughs> mayhem. Um, I, I have to adjust one thing. Can you talk about the uh, Kim Classic uh, Classic election uh, in Baltimore, which was also apparently rigged? Can I? Yes. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, it was a uh, coming seat that was up there, and uh, it was Kwese Mfume versus Kim Classic, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't really care. She's not going to be around for much longer, so it doesn't matter. Uh, she was running as a Republican in Baltimore City, which is, I, I don't even know why you would bother doing that. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not a... Even if you were to do really well as a Republican in Baltimore City, your your upshot is maybe getting... 30% of the vote. So, anywho, uh, she got absolutely curb stomped by Kwise Mfume, who was the former head of the NAACP, uh, which helped him in a majority black Baltimore. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand why all these people think that just saying that there was voter fraud or some corrupt practices going on is going to make us look the other way on like a 80-20 drumming the same thing You're happened. You're telling with me the, that there's no chance a Republican won that seat, Corey, and I'm calling you a liar. There's <laughs> absolutely. I don't know if you saw. She was super popular. She was on Fox News, the number one news show or news news network <laughs> in, in Baltimore, Baltimore, isn't it? <laughs> she. What what did she misspell in one of her ads? She ran an ad where she like I, I swear to God she misspelled Baltimore or something like that or something or election or there was a very important oh. word that she misspelled in an advertisement. And it was like, well, it was, uh, I know that there was a couple one where she had the neighborhoods from Baltimore. One of them was in Baltimore County. It wasn't actually in Baltimore. And, uh, then there was, I think the misspelling was of the neighborhoods, like Holland's market wasn't spelled correctly. And it was just like, I'm here for all of Baltimore. Baba, Baba. And I'm like, wait, she, first of all, one of those, neighborhoods the, is she had the weirdest ads too, because it was literally like, uh, 
girl boss. Yeah, like just like walking in high heels and a dress through like all these Baltimore neighborhoods that are falling apart. And she's just like, this is what Baltimore's like, and I'm going to fix it. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> what's, your, <laughs> what's your plan? Mm. So uh, Yeah, also, what's your plan to go into the minority and somehow get money for Baltimore, a place which your party hates on principle? I, I don't understand. I, I just remember when, when Hillary lost in 2016, there was a, some conversation that was happening in Clinton HQ about whether or not they should look into whether or not there was any irregularity in the vote because the margins were thin enough you know yeah. across Wisconsin and Minnesota or and Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania and stuff like that where if there was some sort of corrupt practice going on perhaps it might have actually made some sort of impact on the vote because you know 10,000 votes not likely but maybe there was something there it's not the same as being down 100,000 in Pennsylvania like Trump is yeah. with Joe Biden or whatever it's going to end up being but the the idea was like, you know, the Democrats basically came to Hillary afterwards and was just like, listen, you are going to ruin us for a generation if you do this. Just yeah. take the defeat, walk away. Like we, we can't we can't put the even if we could potentially overturn this whole thing, it's not going to be worth the damage to our reputation to do it. And now and we lost the Senate, by the way. So it's not going to matter. You're, you're going to be a lame duck. So and the the. I just can't with these Republicans who are not only arguing that, you know, like they, there was some corrupt practice that kept them from winning, but doing so in races where they got just absolutely hosed. There there was another one with uh, uh, the guy running against Karen Bass here in L.A. And again, it was like, you know, Karen Bass took 80 percent of the vote and he took like 13 or something like that, which is a usual Republican That's versus LA Democrat LA, L.A. special. Yeah. Much like Baltimore. Um, and he's putting up tweets going like, I'm not going to concede. I'm going to the Board of Elections and I'm going to demand a recount because this isn't right. And I'm just like, dude, what, what what's the benefit? Like maybe something went really wrong and 5% of the vote shifts. You're still getting beat 75 to 20. So there's no point. Like what 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 good comes from this other than the ruining of your reputation? For I saw appearing the, the, to be a uh, bad loser. The Onion story where it was like, in last-ditch effort, Trump to change his name to Joseph R. Biden Jr. <laughs> in order to... <laughs> if he didn't like his own name that much, it might be possible. But uh, otherwise, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, you, you know, what? and the worst part is that, like, uh, there's been 10 lawsuits so far filed on behalf of the Trump campaign. He's 0 yeah. for 10 so far in these lawsuits. Uh, and a, uh, and a healthy amount of them, the judge like literally would like look at them and be like, you know, where's the evidence? And it's just like, well, we heard some guy talk about it. It's like that's hearsay. I can't, I can't accept that. It's just like he's just like, why not? And it's like, why not? Like, have you been a lawyer? You a for, lawyer <laughs> for any length of time? Like, why can't I accept hearsay evidence? Like, yeah, you no, know, I, so I like half that... of these cases have just been like laughed out of court. But my my concern always is that. Some 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 decision that uh, is made straight up or down as opposed to like dismissed with prejudice and stuff like that. Something that's like, yeah, I'm finding in 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 favor of the state of Georgia against the Trump or the Trump campaign in this thing. But it's a it's a straight no vote uh, from the judge that can get appealed and continue yeah. to get appealed until eventually the Supreme Court hears it. And then the concern is that they're not going to be able to help themselves from voting six three on 
the worst legal decision you've ever heard that just keeps getting pushed up because they keep appealing, you know? Yeah, and I was going to say that. I think that like six of the ten right now were dismissed at the initial hearing. Like, yeah. they, you were, this is facially incorrect. You're, you're just making an assumption that's wrong. And then a few of them were like, all right, how about this? In three weeks, we're going to have a proffer of evidence. You bring in what you got, and then we'll see if this continues. And then they said things like, all right, so what we have is this election official heard from three voters. And like, okay, where are those voters? Well, we don't have those voters because he didn't get his name. But we have this guy. Nope, that's hearsay. We can't use that. All right, well, that's what we had. So uh, uh, where do we want to go from here? (laughs) Have you been a lawyer? What's going on? (laughs) But you're right. A, A straight no. Or a something that gets through those initial phases and actually hears evidence, like we sit and have a trial, and there's a decision at the end of it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the it's like Bush Bush v. Gore, which in the like I think the first paragraph and the last paragraph both say this cannot be used uh, in the future. This is a single decision. It only applies here. We want to be clear on that. And then two of the justices cited that opinion when it came to a Trump case, and just like. It literally says it cannot be looked to as yeah. precedent, and you're now looking to it as precedent, which is the dangerous part, uh, because now there's another one of those people on the Supreme Court. So, yeah, and I just want to say, I mean, I uh, this is obviously like kind of like a super hail mary for the Trump administration that they get some sort of decision that keeps going its way up the court, and yeah. then makes its way into the most fraudulent Supreme Court decision you've ever heard, but. Even in that case, even if he overturns one state, like, you know, overturns, yeah, overturns Pennsylvania or something like that on that. Like, you're not getting enough electoral votes to actually sway the election. Yeah, so, I mean, because with Georgia and Nevada, I mean, what it came down to is he needed Georgia and Pennsylvania. You yeah. can't get to three, 270 any way otherwise. You have to overturn both of those. And, by the way, he also needed Nevada, Arizona or Nevada, one of the two yeah. of them. With Arizona and Nevada... Biden has 270, so it doesn't matter. You can take the other two back. Okay, that's fine. Take them back. Take Wisconsin. Great. All right, well, I'm going to keep Georgia and Nevada and uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. So it's fine. I, it's it's. I I don't know what the end game in is here, except I mean, it, for it, it delay, just, delay, delay. It just feels like if you were watching Monday Night Football, right, and the uh, it didn't happen like this tonight, but let's say the the Patriots are beating the Jets like 45 nothing. And it's the fourth quarter, and it's 30 seconds left, and there was a Hail Mary and a questionable touchdown call. And you have Adam Gase, like, throwing the f- challenge flag, like, this could affect a lot of things. Let's do it. <laughs> it's just like, dude, you lost. Like, there's no there's no way you're coming back from this, but you're going to challenge. It's 11 p.m. Sure. on the East Coast. Can we go to sure, bed, we'll look at the, we'll look under the fucking hood at your stupid-ass challenge. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and if it was just the president, that would be disturbing enough. But it's also Mitch McConnell and the GOP basically nationwide saying there's fraud everywhere. Wait, like South Carolina? Nope, no fraud in South Carolina. Uh, you mean like Maine second district? Nope. Uh, Collins was good. Uh, that was a good election. Uh, but the presidential vote in the second district might be fraudulent. So what you're telling me is <laughs> there's a nationwide conspiracy to get Biden elected. And we didn't say let's throw in the Senate while we're doing this like. Okay. The, so here's the here's the thing that has really ruined my good time of a Biden win here so far. Uh, and it's Celebrate it's great. You're overlord, Corey. Tell me what, what it's basically this. It's it's uh, 
when I was looking, I, I couldn't find the exact difference in votes right now. But at one point uh, during the election, Trump was up about five million more votes than he had in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I literally looked at it and I was saying to myself, how in the world could five million more people vote for Donald Trump than they did in 2016? Because in my mind, when I was prognosticating how this thing was going, and granted, I was using polls that ended up being very wrong as part of my logic for this prognostication. Mm-hmm. But like my mind, I was just like, okay, Trump might get a sliver more votes than he did before because people are going to be like, oh, I need to turn out because this Senate race is also happening and I guess I'll vote for Trump while I'm here. Or maybe, you know, like I know for a fact that there were some Republican votes that went to Trump that didn't go to him in 2016 because the mail-in ballots came to them and they weren't yeah, going to go to the say, polling place. Half, half of those, I would wager, are states where they said, in order to get the votes, we the people to vote, we're going to send them ballots. Yeah. Now, that's going to mean that Trump's vote is going to go up too because there are going to be people who, I don't know, live in parts of maryland where it doesn't even matter uh who aren't served by the gop but who are i mean i i, I was just there uh people who are in la you live in a, a bubble i just went to a place where i didn't see a single biden sign well the entire weekend and th- this is this is more to the point of what i think is the problem here because i don't think that more people said to themselves oh, I wasn't going to vote for Trump in 2016, but I'm definitely voting for him in 2020 because of locking kids up in cages or Muslim ban or any of the other things that he did over the last four years. It's because I really think there's a philosophical shift in the Republican Party between the ideals and the principles that you had before, the small government, the uh, you know, like more independent liberty and stuff like that. Those sort of things have just been cast aside in place of owning the libs Mm -hmm. and i thought about this a lot because trump will do things that are not conservative like ideology but it's something that really pisses off democrats (laughs) and it's not even that like you know like the republican party over the last couple years believe it or not uh, has actually become a little bit better on gay issues than it was for a long period of time there, it is not an automatic disqualifier if you were pro-gay marriage as a Republican anymore, like it used to be if you were in the eighties or early nineties, right? Yeah, there's like a not, whole there's a caucus now, right? Like the Lincoln log, something, something like that. I don't remember yeah. exactly what uh, what it's, it's called. Pro-gay, but yeah. pro-gay GOP, where it's like we're going to vote with you on everything except for uh, marriage equality. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but owning the libs as just a generalized political philosophy doesn't necessarily mean that whatever the liberals hate is going to be the right thing to do. Like, it, it's just angering half the country. And I, I honestly, because, you know, I'm like watching, you know, people with like, fuck your feelings t-shirts and stuff like that. And I'm like, this person doesn't get subtle political differences. This person doesn't understand, you know, what the difference is between like a flat tax and what Joe Biden is proposing or anything like that. They just know that Trump irritates liberals They've been a Republican for all their lives. And in this goal, if the Democrats are upset, then the Republicans must be happy. Yeah. And this whole philosophy is torpedoing any kind of chance that we have of actually making any kind of reasonable progress in this country. Because, it, you know, like we talked about, uh, you remember Ted Yoho, the congressman who called uh, AOC a bitch? 
or a fucking and bitch. Just rewon his district? No, didn't. Lost to Oh, a, didn't. No. He he lost in the primary to a former aide of his in the congressional <laughs> office who ran to his right. So That's right. he lost yeah. to somebody who was further right than he was. And you know, his his it literally did hurt him to to say fucking bitch to AOC because it it cost him that that uh primary, but you know that seat's still Republican, but it's not mm-hmm. Republican by Wayne Gilchrist or Ronald Reagan or any like Republican hero that you would think of. It's by somebody who is you know just barely there of QAnon. Like it's not well, I, that that's Gilchrist, right? Gilchrist lost to Andy Harris, who was to his right in the primary, yeah. and then. The seat went to Andy Harris. And again, I have had conversations this weekend with people where I'm like, what is wrong with the Biden tax plan? Well, he's going to raise taxes. Okay. You do not make 400,000. This household does not make 400,000. If you included my income in this household, it would not be over 400,000. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't understand that the the rich Democrats are going to pay off their senators in order to make this have loopholes. And I'm like, Democrats don't have the Senate. Like maybe if the Democrats have the Senate, but Democrats don't have the Senate right now. So where's your argument at? Well, they're going to pay it off. It's always going to trickle down to the middle class. And I'm like, you sound like a communist. What are you talking about? You sound like me. That's shit I say. How does that make you want to vote for Republicans? You know, uh, here, here's the real thing. If you want if you want to know why it always trickles down in the middle class, it's because the rich find a way to not have to pay the taxes. If you make enough money, you can afford a really good accountant who can find you all the loopholes that'll keep you from paying taxes. Yeah. Like Am- Amazon is not not paying taxes because they choose to. It's because well, I mean they do choose to. They, they choose, to choose to find to. the person who allows them to set up their corporation in a way where they don't have to pay taxes. But so, like 30 years ago, it made sense to vote Republican because you're right. That was the party that was like, no, no, we're going to get something close to a, a graduated floored flat tax where it's like stages. You fill it out on a postcard. You're good. That is not the Republican Party anymore. How do you think that this Republican Party is somehow going to address that Joe Biden tax plan with something that's not like, you know what? We like it, but there's not enough money being given to rich people. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a tax break. As well as this tax plan. I mean, like, if you if you think about if you think about all the money that got hoarded in in the Panama Papers, like the that sort of aspect of it, plus the constant stories you hear about Trump paying seven hundred fifty dollars a year in federal taxes and stuff like that, you would Which quickly a genius for you would quickly way. realize that if everyone played by the rules and there wasn't you know like these huge loopholes that allowed rich people to get away from paying the taxes, then we'd be able to pay for a ton of social programs without having to do anything else. Just literally, nope. Bezos fa- paying his fair share could be the difference between Medicare for all and whatever health plan that we currently can come up with with the well, I mean, pennies and dimes we're scraping together. I also made the argument we're spending a trillion dollars on defense. And the person who I was talking to treated this like it was new information that we spend more than the next 12 countries combined, 10 of which are allies. But I'm like... If we cut it in half, that gives us $500 billion to play with. I could renovate every school in America in one presidential cycle with $500 billion a year extra. Yeah. You want to make really great schools? I can do that. You want Medicare for all? The total cost of the program is $3 trillion. Sounds like a lot, but that's 12 years of half of the defense budget. That's all it is. And not even 12 years. That's assuming that $3 trillion was a not true number and it's going to actually be more than that but 
like literally six years of half of the defense budget or three years of the defense budget and we have medicare for all i i just really hope that anyone who's listening to me is really thinking about the idea that it, and a a owning the libs political philosophy is not beneficial for you either like i would love it I'd love nothing more than if the Yankees had some sort of embarrassing story every single day in the paper that made me feel better about myself. There's even a part of me that would enjoy if the Yankees lost every single game for an entire Mm -hmm. season. They went 0-162. I would be filled with personal joy. But is that good for baseball? Is that good for the Orioles proving that they're a better team because they can actually beat the Yankees? No, it's not because... You don't have it like it, 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 it just enjoying the suffering of others is not making you better. It's just making people suffer for no good reason. Like, And I was going to say, if if the if the Yankees lost every game and then the Orioles won 42 games and finished in fourth in the AL East, that doesn't make the Orioles a good team just because they finished better than this shade and frown feeling you have about the Yankees. Yeah. When Boston is going to win. 110 games and go on it's like we still didn't make the playoffs folks i don't know where you think we're this is a win for you good for you yeah i i I just don't it it i was hoping that when i watched five days of election results i would come back with (laughs) i would come back with a feeling like there has been a clear and uh serious repudiation of trump but that just did not happen and uh, I, I honestly think that just a lot of people are voting with the what angers Democrats because I am an, I am a, a fan of the Republicans and anything that angers Democrats is good for me. Like this is the policy I, I need. Like I know I know you're not a big comic book fan, but do you know who uh, the alternate Superman is? Like the dark Superman? The bizarre Superman? It? Bizarro Superman. Okay. Uh so I just want you to understand that over the next four years, I'm gonna be Bizarre Obama. Because I am going to drive that hope from your soul, and by 2024, there is going to be no hope within you for anything in the future. I look forward to all the hope being drained from me. Bizarre Obama. Bizarre Obama. That's actually really good. I might have to make myself up a like a red, white, and blue uh, poster where I'm like, Bizarre Obama. Is that a hope? It's um, just nope. Well, yeah. They, no, oh my God, that is look, look at all right. Uh, patent pending. Um, or wait, what is it? Uh, trademark. Uh, no. Uh, copyright. All of them. We're covered. It's all good. Uh, but just when you thought the election of twenty twenty is over, it's not. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Georgia not only is going to have to do a recount, but it was within a half a percent for both of the Senate seats, which means both of those Senate seats are going to have a runoff, and the there is a chance that the Democrats will win both of those seats, but there is also a chance that. A Republican will win one and a Democrat will win one. Basically, right now we are at 49-49. No. No, 48-50. If everything – there's still some races to be decided, but like – 48-50, right. It's basically if, looking 48-50 right now. Republicans yeah, in the and, lead. And everything could sh- – yeah, could shake out 50-50 with Kamala Harris having the tie-breaking vote on every vote. Also, I have a feeling Susan Collins is about to have a revelation that she needs to act a little more centrist and a little less um, uh, Trumpy. But see, I uh, I don't I don't think I don't think she learned her lesson at all. She she won without too much trouble. So McConnell. No, but I think that without without Trump in office, she's going to be like, okay, now I can actually be 
uh, a centrist Republican where yeah. she wants to be. I guess so. Yeah. She doesn't have to worry about like a tweet storm from Trump in the morning calling her out and <laughs> making making her yeah. life difficult. Yeah. But um, so here's where we are uh, on January 3rd. The 145th Congress, 144th Congress, wherever we are now, will be seated. And that is the Congress that will uh, certify the results. It will include two senators from Georgia who two days later will have a runoff election. So whoever certifies the vote on the third may not be the actual Congress that continues for the rest of the Congress. But uh, Georgia will send representatives, even though they don't have official official senators. Um, so I think at that point it'll be fifty two forty eight. But those two seats could then swing back to the Democrats to be fifty fifty later in the the uh, cycle, yeah. essentially. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I posted all this on Instagram, but just uh, my election wrap up. Thank you, women of color. You've saved us. If anyone did, it was you. If we can point out someone specifically, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, I don't know how, what we can do. Can we all just throw in like five bucks and buy her something? I, I feel like that's here's, where I'm at with her. Here's what you can do. If you're if you're really serious about thanking Stacey Abrams for everything that she's done, you can take her lead and do some proactive voter registration in Georgia if you're so inclined to do so. You can get on a phone bank. You can do things if you're not actually in Georgia to help the election. She, I, I, I am, uh, there was a lot of love for Stacey Abrams over the past week. I have, I have loved Stacey Abrams for a long time. I said she should have been vice president over Kamala. Yeah. Uh, she wouldn't have been doing all this great work in Georgia if she was busy on the campaign trail, but, True. uh, I, I'm still, I'm still very thankful for the work that she did. And I, I think that if you're, if you're really serious, it, it's again, it's one of those, you know, you can put a, put a black picture on your Instagram and say that you're for uh black lives matter or you can and then continue to do nothing with your life that supports that theory at all or you can actually do something you can you can put a picture of stacy abrams on your on your instagram you can thank her and then rather than not doing anything you can work and help get either uh john ossoff or Raphael warnock elected to the senate in georgia and again yeah this i is, also this this is not I just a, also... sorry this is ahead, not sorry. this is not a a uh <laughs> I desperately want a Democratic Senate thing here going. But more than anything, the the Republicans in Georgia are fucking awful, too. Like, awful in a different way. Like, uh, for instance, like Kelly Loeffler and Purdue were both tied up in insider trading allegations that they knew more about COVID before anyone else did. And their stock portfolio increased based off of that. Not only that, Kelly Loeffler is very rich and doing very good. She owns a WNBA team in Atlanta. I don't remember what the Atlanta NBA, WNBA team is called, but uh, she owns that team, and it is – I just can't even uh, – these two do not deserve to be in office. Like, If you want to be a Republican and you want to run, you can – you just have to not be awful. Like that's my new well, that's my new baseline. I'm willing I'm willing to vote for a Republican at some point, as long as they are not literally just the worst people being shoved through. You know what I mean? I I said if you want to do more than that, getting you know, voter registration is great. Uh everyone who lives in LA who is just like, you know, what can we do? Here's the deal. Houston, Dallas, Austin, Fort Worth have very similar weather to LA. Atlanta is a beautiful city. 
move. <laughs> there's a film industry there. Was, there. Yeah. There and in Atlanta there's a film industry, but it's it's we are within a hair's breadth of turning Texas blue, not because we've changed the vote, but because a bunch of hippies have moved into Texas and live in the cities and they almost outnumber everyone else now. And same in Georgia. And you know what? If you came from the East Coast and you don't mind cold, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, move there and go vote there. But, you know, other than that, like that's where we're at. It, banning the Electoral College is bad for a lot of reasons, which I spent three episodes of the uh, Rob Explains podcast explaining. That's not really what we need to do. We need to get more voters in the right places and make sure people can vote. By the way, uh, another five or seven million uh, people were cut from the voter rolls again in Florida and Georgia and Louisiana and Texas for being possibly, maybe they might have been a convicted felon, which just means their name was similar to somebody who was a convicted felon. Like, yeah. we, if we're going to say count all the votes, which is what Joe Biden is saying, great. Then we need to send the new Justice Department, not this one, because this one's corrupt as fuck, but send the new Justice Department into places like that and be like, how are you cutting people from the voter rolls? Because here's what we're going to do. Every time we find a voter who shouldn't have been cut from the rolls, we are going to cut your funding federally by 0.01%. How many voters am I going to find? Yeah. And uh, you start putting in some consequences and people will stop doing shit like just uh, cut 300,000. Yeah, they're close. Their names are close. I don't want to go well, through it. So. Also, there's just while we're talking about uh, profiles and courage in the Republican Party and stuff like that, <laughs> every tweet that comes out that says count every legal vote, don't count the illegal votes. That's what we do. That's that's the entire purpose of the election. If I dropped my ballot into a drop box two weeks before the election and then got struck by lightning on November 1st and died... They don't count my ballot. They, yep. they go through, they, they start scanning it. They get a, a message that something's wrong with this person. And then that ballot gets pulled out and put aside. And then they go, oh, Corey died before election day. His vote doesn't count. Because by California law, you have to be you know, alive. When the, <laughs> and the, the bad faith arguments of dead people are voting or... You know, like the Republic or the Democrats, you know, had a box of 50,000 ballots that they decided to shove into the middle of the vote count when it looked like Biden was going to lose. Like all of these things are not real. Like, yes, at one point in elections, there were dead people who voted. Mm-hmm. It, it was there was there was some very skeevy stuff going on in Chicago during organized crime that that turned a lot of a lot of dead people into registered voters in in the city of Chicago. And because too. Yeah. You came off the boat and we walk you up to go vote. That's how it yeah. works. Like no, <laughs> that's not how it works. This is this is this is not the same thing anymore though because there have been since that happened, since in the what the late 60s or early 60s that uh At least yeah. that Chicago <laughs> had dead people voting, there have been a lot of things that have been put into place to keep that from happening again so like every single ballot that every ballot i've seen has been barcoded and had specific information aligned to it so if i sent in my ballot they would scan it and know that it was me and then know whether or not i was dead and know not i was legally allowed to vote or any of these things like it's my maryland ballot had three barcodes on the outside cover, on the inside cover, and then on the ballot itself. And yeah. I'm like, well, 
oh, that's because they scan it. The first scan says, is he dead or has something happened or has he already voted? And then the second scan is like, all right, now we're scanning the voter. All right. And then third scan is now we're going to take the ballot. All right. Now we count this. Like, it's ludicrous to say that people voted who shouldn't have voted. The fact that California gives IDs to people who aren't citizens doesn't impact the vote. Yeah. None of these things impact the vote. We count legal votes. That's it. When somebody somebody was asking uh, uh, somebody in Arizona, I believe, like what what percentage of the the ballots that like the provisional ballots were being thrown out or something like that. And they said, like, you know, like, well, there was 100 people who put their ballot in the mail, but then were worried that their ballot wasn't going to be counted. So they went to their poll on Election Day and tried to vote. And had to do it through a provisional ballot, and we got their their ballot, so we threw out the provisional. Uh, they're you know, and they they're going through all the different the numbers and how many people did this. You want to know how many people from a foreign country tried to vote in Arizona? I think it was how many? Where you would imagine there were a lot of foreign people because it's right on a border. I, I was going to say uh, Joe Biden's uh, winning by twelve thousand, so I'm going to say at least fifteen thousand. Seventeen. Seventeen. Hmm. <laughs> people who are not american citizens walked into a voting booth in arizona or walked into a polling center in arizona and thought they could vote and yeah to their credit the state board of elections in arizona said hey fill out this provisional ballot and we'll find out and then as soon as they filled out the provisional ballot and said oh this guy is not from america but rather venezuela they threw his vote out (laughs) that's how it works there are systems in place that keep this from part of the reason why the vote takes so long is because there's so many different things that go along in the process to make sure that none of these there's no problems like and literally and and that just to be clear though that's not fraud because there are countries in which being present in the country on election day makes you a voter and i don't think it was venezuela i i want to say it was somewhere central america because the, I think the rule in El Salvador or Guatemala is just basically like, are you here? Have you voted yet? Yeah. No? Okay, come in and vote. Like, yeah, I'm from America. Eh, it's okay. Who are you <laughs> <Sorry>. voting for? <laughs> are you voting for Sandinistas or are you voting for somebody else? Okay, <laughs> come on in. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, a country which we absolutely wrecked their entire democratic system. Yeah. Thank you, America. Um, but. Oh, I no, want no, to no, Rob. I don't know if you heard about this, but socialism did that. Oh, is it? Is oh. it like Venezuela, right? Yeah. One, sorry, one last one last election point I'd like to bring up because uh, yeah. John Kasich and and Rick Santorum in particular were on this point on CNN uh, after Joe Biden was declared the winner and how yeah. how close this election ha- had been to being a Trump re-election if the progressives and the 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 people who were saying defund the police and Medicare for all would have just shut the fuck up and gotten out of the way. Like if, if Joe had made that more of his platform, then he would have lost by a lot. I'm going to tell you this right now from my political science background, including the degree that I did not finish, but did a pretty good amount on. <laughs> I don't have Rob's actual piece of paper, but I have most of the generalized knowledge there. Uh, it People were going to vote for who was not vote. Uh, people who voted for Biden were going to vote for anyone who was not Donald Trump for the most yep. part. There might be a small percentage of people who said, I really like Biden and I'm going to vote for Biden. I imagine any one of them would have voted for Elizabeth Warren if she was up there on yep. the stage or Bernie Sanders or almost anybody <laughs> like this was not a th- and as far as Biden's vote is a referendum on Trump. It means that 74 plus million people decided that they would rather have whoever was not Trump. So 
let's not act like having a centrist was the reason why Democrats won this election. I would rather argue that this is your warning. This is the last time we're going to do this. This is the last time we're going to hold our nose and pull the lever on this sort of thing. And if you give us a Joe Biden again, we're just going to say fuck it. If if the st- yep. if the stakes on the other side are not Trump, we're going to say fuck it. <laughs> like that's the problem. By the way, if it's uh, Marco the- Rubio versus Hillary Clinton in the 2024 election, I'm just throwing out a moderate uh, moderate yeah. Democrat. No, I'm not I'm not voting for Hillary. I'm not voting for Marco Rubio either, but I mean like I'm not voting for Hillary. I'm like I, you have to actually make it make it worth it for these people. And I think that there's an argument too though that Trump was the same way. That people voted for Trump because he wasn't Hillary. And they're yeah. like, "Ah, eh, let's see what happens." And then we came 4 years later and we're like, "Okay, anybody who's not that guy, who are you throwing up?" Yeah. Biden. All right, good. He's got experience. Let's do it. <laughs> sure, why not? Let's do. Yeah. Go Couldn't ahead. be worse. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, it Ted Cruz might have beaten Hillary Clinton. And obviously the polls were nonsense. So we can't even look at the polling from 2016. But there's a chance that Ted Cruz, as crazy and ridiculous as he is, might have beaten Hillary Clinton in the end. Because people would have just said, either I'm not going to vote, I'm going to stay home. Or, you know what, Like, let's give him a try. Let's give him four (laughs) years and see what happens. Because that's basically what they did. Which was my advice, as I recall, from 2016. Yeah. That's why you said vote for Trump in 2016. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Uh, to be fair, I also just fast wanted to uh, Fast forward in time to where you're wearing a gas mask, trying to argue why you have to wear a gas mask on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. P.S. Uh, I got a video that's going to come out this week uh, on my YouTube channel about how American Airlines is dumb and how I literally looked at a COVID officer and said, you're making me take off a 100% effective mask to put on a piece of cloth. And she was like, I understand that. Can you take the mask off? And I'm like, all right, <laughs> sure. This is dumb as fuck, but I'm going to do it because I don't want to stay here. I want to go to the place I want to go. Because I paid um, $80 for a flight and I'm going to use it, goddammit. <laughs> oh, first of all, not $80 anymore. And also, not skipping seats, not skipping rows. We back to uh, every dumb American like Sardines and a can kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So let's uh, lightning round because we're already over an hour. Yeah. Uh, let's lightning round the last couple of things. Uh, non-election talk. So, well, kind of transition. <laughs> Trump uh, had his own bloody Sunday Monday massacre where he fired a bunch of people, and as you aptly pointed out in our discussion before this, he basically fired everyone standing between him and firing a nuclear missile, which is very disconcerting. Yeah. Well, I, I think back to when Susan Collins voted no on impeachment and said that Trump learned his lesson. And I, I just think about what could be happening in the next 70 some odd days with no no guardrails in between Trump and doing something really fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, uh, because and, and more- if you're going to if you're going to mistakenly book the Four Seasons Landscaping Company, I don't trust you with the nuclear football anymore. I'm sorry. I didn't trust you before, but I'm saying like now specifically. Definitely I don't. really. Don't. Yeah. <clears throat> And I was going to say the the other aspect of this is one of those firings was the secretary of defense who apparently the only thing people can find that he disagreed with Trump on was using federal troops to put down what Trump was calling an insurrection, which was protests. Uh, He didn't want to send federal troops in. So that means that if there are great protests in the next 70 days, expect federal troops, the army or the Marines to meet you in the street. And it's one thing to meet the National Guard. But it's a whole other thing to meet the army. Yeah. And uh, there was there was another one about a Department of Justice 
higher up who quit because Barr was trying to argue that they needed to send troops down to like these states where the the vote is in question and stuff like that. He's just like, I'm fucking out. I'm not doing that. I don't want anything to do with this. There's going to be a tribunal after this, and I don't want to be my have my name on this at all anywhere. Listen, I only uh, want to go to the Hague to visit. <laughs> uh, so other news, uh, Trump firing all the qualified people who stand between him and nuclear war. Biden already has a COVID task force team, which is not made up of the my pillow guy and doctors that tell him <laughs> what he wants to hear. Uh, it's made up of the preeminent epidemiologists and virologists who are available in the world. And I just saw the list and I'm like, I don't even know these names. Let me look at the qualifications and the paragraphs under their names. I didn't even have to read through. I'm like, good, uh, happy. I don't care. <laughs> Seems good like, to me. Name, name, quarter of a page of education and skills. All right. Name, quarter of a page, education and skills. I'm like, then we look at Dr. Andy Sudeikis or whatever uh, the guy's name is, who's uh, the head of the COVID thing now. And it's oh, like, Tony Atlas. Name. Yes, Atlas. Yeah. It's like, name, graduated medical school, practiced plastic surgery for four years, Trump team. All right. Um, Tony, Tony Atlas uh, reminds me kind of of uh, Dr. Leo Spachemin. <laughs> Help me, Dr. Spaceman. <laughs> Did you go to medical school? Of course, I went to the Ho Chi Minh School of Medicine. <laughs> that is him. Ho Chi that Minh is, City uh, School Rogers. of Medicine, yeah. <laughs> He's like, listen, listen, uh, as you can see, I have my card right here. Dr. Tony Atlas. <laughs> like, the, quotes, the quotes are what I'm looking at. That's disconcerting to me. I don't really understand why the quotes. And he's like, uh, I got an ongoing lawsuit with the state of Pennsylvania about the quotes. We're, we're going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. I'm hoping uh, so I can lose the quotes soon. So uh, let's just say Biden's team come January 20th, uh, hell or high water will not be Atlas and the MyPillow guy. It'll be qualified people. And uh, over under Corey, uh, two weeks, national mask mandate, January 20th. I mean, I would think that. So I think that we might actually be there on most states before then. And because it's a state by state decision, I don't imagine we're going to get 100 percent adoption of this sort of thing because you know yeah. like alabama is just always going to say fuck you no matter what you tell them so there's no point in, in hoping that we get all 50 states here but i think we're going to get a lot closer because some states that had been against it already are going in like utah is now having a mask mandate mm. uh and they were not up for it before at all it was not even part of the discussion before but then in the past week, I think something like 20% of the people they've tested have come back with coronavirus. So they're like, yeah, we're past the point of uh, <laughs> of saying that we're not going to do this. We really have to do this. And, uh, and that's the other news from the week. Uh, the numbers are up insanely across the board, across the country. Uh, I, I told my, my parents, I love you. I would not have come if I hadn't already booked the ticket and taken the time off work and done it. And the last thing I need to do is to sit and play Call of Duty for 96 straight hours because I took the time <laughs> off and I'm just going to sit in my apartment. Um, so I came. But numbers are up in California. They're also up in Maryland. Um, they're up everywhere. I'll buy a lot um, in Maryland, too, if I if I remember correctly from what I was reading. And from my own uh, personal uh, objective it's not really so objective but objective view i see why like i witnessed someone fighting with a walmart employee 
about wearing a mask into Walmart. And I looked at the guy and I was just like, you're wearing a bandana on your head. Slide it down, down, bro. (laughs) And you're good. Uh, He didn't want his bald spot to show, I guess. Eh. Anyway, Um, so the numbers are growing out of control. We, it couldn't be a better time to bring in a new administration that is going to actually do something about it. What they can do about it, I guess we'll see. But um, it's not looking good uh, at all. And the uh, outbreaks are happening in New York. Uh, they're happening in L.A. Uh, they're happening even in small states like Utah and also non-states like Washington, D.C., where the West Wing is apparently a hotbed of COVID activity. Yeah. And... They continue to have events without masks and can, people continue to show up to them. And now uh, Meadows, uh, Carson, Ben Carson, brain surgeon, um, who, by the way, tweet of the week, uh, starting to think Ben Carson got lucky on separating those twins. And I agree, Twitter person, because the more I learn about Ben Carson, I'm just wondering if he just like took a uh, samurai sword and was just like, what? We ready? Shunk! And they were like, <laughs> oh, my, you perfectly nailed you separated them perfectly it couldn't be done better and he's like i know i know and then he walks into the doorway on the way out and you're just like i don't know how he did it but he did it that's the only thing that makes sense to me having dealt with ben carson now for four years but carson's positive uh meadows is positive you also mentioned uh somebody else is positive in the west wing now oh can't remember offhand Oh, the guy the guy who's heading the uh the legal team for Trump's uh recap <laughs> or uh yes. the lawyer. Yeah, the lawyer. He's 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 uh he's down with corona right now, so <laughs> always great when you have the figurehead of your of your legal team out with the disease that was caused by your own incompetence. So Well, you know, if he was stronger like Trump, it wouldn't even impact him. He would just, you know, be just taken by a helicopter. Of, two days worth of therapeutics, get a get a bunch of uh uh, hmm. Get a subscription to Discript to be able to change all the videos that you shoot of Trump and inside of Walter Reed, and uh, you're good to go. Well, I, and as Cut I continue out the to point out, as I continue to point out to my parents all weekend long, yes, you can absolutely beat this virus if you have a private helicopter that takes you to a suite where a hundred doctors are focused on nothing other than we must keep this man alive. Yeah, and then they give you stuff that's not FDA approved because. It doesn't have to be. That's actually the law. <laughs> you can give him whatever he's willing to take. It doesn't matter. If somebody had said, hey, birth control, yep, that's going to stop coronavirus. The president could have taken birth control, despite the fact that like everything in the material says men cannot be given this. This is very dangerous for men. Yeah. Like, eh, give him birth control. It doesn't matter. If it's not FDA approved, uh, you know, we, we made what we did is we took the blood of a bat that we got from China. We put in a pill because we think we're going to fight fire with fire here. We're going to put some COVID directly in you and let it fight out with the COVID that you got. Circling back, to, circling go. back to all the QAnon craziness, right? <laughs> yes. Imagine if the cure they gave Trump was the blood of the children that are taken from <laughs> taken from like all these like uh, all these conspiracy theories of QAnon having like these child sex slaves being traded across the country and people kill them for their 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 life force or whatever it is i don't even know how this how this thing goes but like imagine if that was the cure and then trump walks out and just like anytime a QAnon question comes up he's just like "Uh, let's not judge so quickly (laughs) maybe not Uh, all of it's crazy (laughs) 
We're going to have to wrap this episode because I need to head over to some forums and start making some posts. Thank you. <laughs> the idea. Just make it a new 8chan post. Yep, I'm heading over to 2, 4, 6, and 8chan. I'm posting it everywhere. <laughs> All Trump the even survived. numbers are getting a post from me tonight. <laughs> Trump survived based on the blood of innocent children that he had injected in him. They, they took it from Adam Schiff's hotel room in the <clears throat> W. Hey, Transported you want to talk about a working across the aisle? Adam Schiff <laughs> sacrificed two of his children to provide blood for Trump while he was recovering from COVID. That's why he was so young and spry. You know, I, I, I one thing I wanted to mention, I didn't mention it before. This will be my last point here before we go. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of the of the uh, uh, fuck your feelings and owning the libs philosophy of the right, I I yes. will I will admit that I have in my past held political beliefs or said that I hold political beliefs based Mm -hmm. solely off of spite. So for instance, like I've always said that DC shouldn't be a state and not because they don't deserve, you know, like representation in Congress. It's just, they don't deserve it. Like I don't like people who are from DC, they drive too slow and they don't deserve to have senators and stuff like that. That is a joke that I tell all the time. Deep down inside, I know, yes, of course they deserve senators and a congressman and representation in government and everything like that. But I'm going to loudly say anytime I get the opportunity, no, D.C. can't be a fucking state. Look at these people. They're not allowed to be a state. And that is for no other reason to anger the people of Washington, D.C., <laughs> who I love to to prod any opportunity I get. And, it, you know, it, it really it really crystallized my whole like owning the lives philosophy. So I wanted to make sure I got that out before I forgot about it forever. Yeah. And, and listen, to be fair, uh, clearly that's not your philosophy or else we'd be talking about removing statehood from Mississippi, Alabama, <laughs> Kentucky, because those are all the same reasons we would need to take away their statehood. Yeah. The so, problem is you can't you know. take them away. You have to do it proactively. You can't because once you give DC statehood, they're going to, they're going to assume they have it forever. Yeah. Until yeah. Cory Baker becomes president. And he's just like, Hey, not so fast. You guys, <laughs> By the way, uh, funny aside on that, the guy who was screaming at the Walmart. You want to vote? You go to Virginia. <laughs> go move to Virginia. You live in Arlington uh, if you want to vote. The guy who was screaming at the Walmart employee about the bandana or not wanting to wear a mask yeah. was wearing a shirt that said uh, something about snowflake, and that was the one thing I took away from that. I'm like, you're wearing a shirt that is making fun of snowflakes and screaming at a 19 year old girl who's just trying to do her job. Yeah. Who honestly probably doesn't care. Honestly, she would rather just have you come in and, and be done with it because she was wearing two masks <laughs> that you were screaming in her face about. Uh, and you're wearing a shirt that says, uh, like, uh, stop being such a snowflake. I, <laughs> just, I can't with these people, honestly. Well, if you want to know what the. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even have a finish to that. I was gonna make some sort of America greatest country in the world. Blah blah blah. Oh, the anthem dot com. to the anthem dot com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me at my website CoreyBakerFilmmaker dot com, Facebook dot com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB five on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, much like most of America, I spent five days on the couch and didn't even realize it. It felt like one big, constant, long blur. Uh, so I was not as productive last week as I wanted to be, but I hope to be more productive this week. So enjoy that when I am. Well, while Corey and most of America was not being productive, 
I continue to put out two episodes of the Everyman Movie Review per week. Borat is out. Trial of Chicago 7 is out. We got some more interesting things coming this week. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. is coming up on Thursday. And um, when Jeff tried to save the world. The movie I'm which, thinking of ending things. Just so we... Yes. Um, <laughs> that, wasn't although, just, uh, that wasn't just a, a, a just throwing it out there on the podcast as we're heading out the door. I mean, it kind of depends. It depends on uh, what happens in the next little bit. Depends on uh, how many views that video gets. <laughs> yes, it depends on how many views that video gets. Uh, but not only that, of course, we are keeping up daily episodes of Rob Explains. Uh, I just covered uh, Pareidolia and Apophenia, which are uh, seeing faces where they don't exist, and then he- holding beliefs, which are aside from all logic and reason, which... Is very fitting in these days. Uh, so we'll continue to do two episodes of the reviews every single week. The podcast continues every single uh, every single day. You're going to be able to find that around 5 to 6 a.m. Uh, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, social media, at Robert and Cheek, everywhere, at least for now, until my children start tracking me down, uh, my unknown children. Um, and uh, I, you know what we got to do, Corey? We got to get uh, Brooks a social media so we can start promoting that. Yeah, well. well, I mean, he, he's been in the house for less than 24 hours. I haven't really gotten around to the social media strategy just yet but well i was gonna say point. that's about 20 hours less than i would think that rachel would take to make an instagram for him so <laughs> literally a- we started the episode and then rachel facetimed me and she was just like i know you're running the intro video here look at the dog and i'm like are you i got stuff to do what are you doing come on <laughs> he is really fucking cute though i just uh, he deserves an instagram not every dog deserves an instagram this dog deserves an instagram yeah, but I, Rachel's not the one to make that call. She follows <laughs> ugly dogs and apparently really cute dogs. So I don't really understand. I don't I, understand the logic. I will. I. I. I uh, part of part of the thing I really love about Rachel is that she'll look at an ugly dog and she'll just be like, "Oh, he's cute." I mean, he's not, but he's cute. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. like, how do you well, come hey, to that listen, logic? That's why she's with me. Five so. years. Yeah, it <laughs> makes complete sense to me. I don't know. Um, but uh. On top of all of that, I have an unboxing video for a brand new toothbrush that I bought that's going to be coming out. Uh, actually, it should have come out earlier, but then I realized when I landed, it didn't come out. So it'll be out right after this is up. So you can check that out. And on top of all of that, if you are super into conspiracies, like you think every conspiracy, not QAnon, but if you think other conspiracies like uh, Bush did 9-11 or any of that stuff, if you're into those conspiracies, I want to hear from you. And if you think no conspiracies are true, I want to hear from you too because I have an idea for a new show we're going to be talking about in 2021. Get at me. We're going to talk about all of that. But um, keep following on social media. I got a lot of irons in the fire and uh, new projects coming all the time. Oh, uh, and if you've been following along for uh, NaNoWriMo, I did exactly zero writing up and until today, uh, which means I should be at 15,003 words. Uh, and when I left Maryland, I was at zero words. Luckily, I was stuck on the tarmac for three hours right before my six hour flight. So uh, I am now at 8,000 words. Uh, the one good thing about being stuck in a plane uh, and I'm going to try and catch up this week. So uh, I'll be posting about that. If you're writing for NaNoWriMo, uh, follow along. Uh, it's a good chance to write a novel. So I'm going to have my new novel out at the end of the month. Excellent. Well, I think we've done good here today. I think we've done something, but I'm also super goddamn exhausted. So <laughs> you and me, I both. mean, uh, we've done something. I don't know <laughs> if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. We're going to try to be live again next week. We'll see. At a reasonable time. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to take that COVID test and we're going to see the one time you hope for, I guess you always hope for a negative, right? I do. Yeah, we live different lives, Corey. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>